People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. Happy Friday, folks. As usual, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I hope you're all doing well and safe, whoever you are and wherever you are in this world. Once again, thank you very much for tuning into the podcast. Please make sure you're following across, you know, all the socials and that. Obviously, you're listening to this on some sort of streaming platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Anchor, whatever. So please make sure you're following me or pressing the appropriate button on such. And, you know, you're doing what you can to spread awareness of the of the DG podcast, man. We're growing and stuff like that. You know, the bulk of my content comes via YouTube. So if at this point, you know, I'm not inf- if you're not informed to the fact that I do YouTube, head over there and do it. You know, all information is in the descriptions, people. Um, please make sure you hit them all up. But yeah, man. I really enjoy doing the Deluded podcast because obviously we look at football from a neutral point of view and it's actually one of my favourite bits of content that I look forward to personally, people. I know I'm I'm used to Arsenal stuff and, you know, my name is synonymous with Arsenal content and things like that, but, you know, it's... I'm a fan of the game first, Arsenal second. I love football and I like to speak about all of it. And obviously this pl- this platform allows me to do such. So let's jump straight into the Premier League action. Now, The in terms of the midweek fixtures, the big one was what I call the Jose Mourinho derby. Thomas Tuchel's first baptism of fire. You know, it's a big game for him. And he came out of it fighting people. You know, Spurs were defeated... Um, 1-0 against Chelsea. Chelsea won. Spurs nil at their place on a rainy day in, in North London. At a push, you know, I think Chelsea were very good per- personally, people. I think, you know, before we talk about the tactics and stuff, this is why you can't draw too many conclusions of um, of 180 minutes prior to this um, Spurs game as to who um, took Tuchel wants to use and stuff. People forget it's a squad game. People forget you need a, for half a season, you need to utilise all your squad. What Chelsea at this moment in time, still in the Champions League, still in all cups, forgive me if I'm wrong. Also still mathematically competing for the, champion, for the Champions League places via the Premier League. So they're firing on all cylinders. Football is a squad game. This is Arsenal fans do it all the time. Every fan does it. It's like when a new manager comes in or there's a bit of form or good performances you move like that's it that's set in stone when you need your whole 25 man squad you know there's a there was an injury to Thiago Silva you know Christensen had to come in why do you think Thiago Silva got injured it could be impact it could be as a result of the games coming thick and fast people and obviously he's still learning about his team and things like that I don't want to like you know Pulisic has probably been on the bench in all the games I've watched. Um, the three games I've watched, I could be wrong, but the three games I've watched, um, with him, it might it might be two max. But yeah, um, that would be suggested to think you know he doesn't rate him and he doesn't want to use him. I think that's a lie. You know, there was a lot said about Mason Mount and Reese James, these lot of this and that, this and that. You know, it's not whatever you say about Mason Mount. He's a very good player. He gives you a lot of energy. He was for me. More so in the first half than the second, but probably the best player on the field. I think he was good. Callum Hudson-Odoi, what was that, his fourth or fifth start in the Premier League for him? You know, more of a natural position per se yesterday, if you could say that. Um, You know, looked very good. You know, still needs to polish up that final little bit of decision-making and finishing to go to the next level. Reese James and Marcus Alonso must have loved that game. You know, really getting to play as wing-backs, hardly having to do any defending, can't 
look, I'm scratching my head trying to think of a time I saw them man have to make a, a defensive tackle. You know, it must have been amazing. Um, so you can't draw too many conclusions. I think Tuchel is going to firmly enjoy Mason Mount. And obviously people, yeah, you can't write off Reese James, especially in that system that Tuchel's using. There's very few players made for that, more so than Reese James. Mount's probably one of them, but you know, Reese James can play in central midfield, can play at the heart of defence, whether they play a four or a three, can obviously fill in that wing back end. You know, the Cobham boys, I don't think they've got anything to be worried about personally. I think they're going to get game time. Um, so, yeah, Tuchel's still learning about his team. But I think going into the game, it was, you know, we we were not surprised. I did think we was going to see more of a two up front from Spurs. But and on top of just getting 11 men behind the ball, I didn't really see a two. Uh, you know, you never got the vibe that Spurs actually wanted to win a game of football. I know the players did. I know, obviously, Jose wants three points, but he didn't get it. You know, I didn't really see any attacking patterns of play. When Lemayna come on the field, it actually looked like he's the only one really trying to get something out of Spurs. And considering it, you know... I, at a point, it's only 1-0. The game was very much what we expected. I feel Chelsea were very good as expected. I think what happened with Spurs was expected in a sense of you knew Chelsea were going to have high amounts of possession. You knew Spurs were going to have to remain pending and things like that. But it would come down to the chances and Chelsea have walked away with this 1-0, you know. I know you're not got Bale and I mean, Bale weren't on the field at the time and he's not in form and you ain't got Kane and Son might be missing Kane and things. But if you don't shoot, you don't score. And it's only like when the game is done that Chelsea appeared to shoot. And it's only 1-0, you know. You could have shagged a 1-1 and things like that. There was no attacking bits of play. It looked like Spurs players were just waiting for someone else to make the difference. It looked like they were unsure. There weren't really any catalysts. Yeah, man, it just looked like they just worked on defending, defending all week. When they did break, you know, the decision-making was poor. You know, it was very defeated. Yeah, you can say you save face, you lost 1-0, but an L still an L, and this follows losing to Brighton. I think that's back-to-back -back home defeats or um, something like that. Um for Jose Mourinho now again um, he's what he's lost to Brighton he's dropped points against Fulham um, he's obviously lost now and they're hitting a bit of a blip and many people were saying both these teams but many people saying Spurs were in there with a title challenge they're in a final in May but boy hold it to account um, and you look at it you know Spurs Spurs attempted um, Spurs have attempted 15 shots in two Premier League games without Harry Kane with an expected goal value of 0 0.95 across those games only Burnley have a lower expected um, goal, goal sort of thing across the past two game weeks with 0 0.27. Um, if you look at the shots for Spurs, you know, it, it, you know, they had three shots after the 85th minute, four shots after the 86th. So again, you don't shoot, you don't score. Marcus Alonso must be loving it as well because you look at it, you know, against Spurs, he made the most ball recoveries with 11, most aerials won with five. He completed the most take-ons with four, made the most interception with three and also that same number in relation to most clearances he's loving life under his new manager and um, when you look at it for the first time in his career Jose Mourinho has lost back-to-back -back home games in the Premier League people Tuchel has become the first manager to keep a clean sheet in his opening three league games since Jose Mourinho at Chelsea nil-nil against Wolves they obviously defeated Burnley and they've walked away with victory away to Spurs so nine points from a potential nine you're seeing a sort of way of playing and things it's all going well for Tuchel now he's, he's in, he's contracted for 18 months this is only three game weeks so there's a long way to go but so far so good in relation to that people now if Spurs didn't play Chelsea there was only going to be one game that took talking points it could
could be it was Man United 9-0 victory against Southampton ironically United have won 9-0 and it's not that we're not speaking about that we're speaking about the Bednarak incident where you know you between David Luiz and him neither player should be sent off I don't personally feel Bednarak's one's a penalty I think that's very soft um but it got rescinded. Arsenal's one didn't. I did feel they had a stronger case, but there's inconsistencies within the whole refereeing system. I speak about refereeings all week. I speak about the poor laws. I think about the poor interpretation of the laws. I'm not going to harp on about it, people. But it went from bad to worse for Manchester United. Um, for for um, Southampton, apologies against Manchester United. You had that young lad sent off, and unfortunately, is it Jankovic? He's been subject to extreme levels of racial abuse. We all know social media platforms need to do a lot more to mitigate against that but he got sent off within the opening two minutes and you know that that condemned Southampton to another 9-0 and some of these players were, were last part of the other heavy drumming against Leicester so some of you lot's names for eternity is going to permanently be etched in stuff like this and it's firmly at L. Manchester United ran riot they 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 you know they smelt blood I'm seeing Scott McTominay and Oli Golasolsha saying get more get more and I like to see that you know if I'm at United, I want 20, I want 15, I want 10. You know, I want to break records. I hear you've got to be professional and things, but, you know, slaughter the other team. It's nothing to do with us. If I'm at United as well, you never know. In a, in a day and age where the league's, you know, going up and down, goal difference might make, might make the difference in relation to where you finish. I'm sure that helped you winning 9-0. And obviously, when you look at it, Man United deserve to give that to their fans. Now, you know, you look at their performances at home as an outsider looking in at United, it looks like they've performed better away from home. I don't think they've lost on the road. I could be wrong. Their defeats or their inconsistent performances have happened in both games. Well, not away in terms of defeat, but I think they've been better on the home, uh, um, away from home. And for a club like Man United, obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, but when you think of that, you think of Old Trafford, scary place. You think of that, you boy, that's one great ground I'm, I'm excited to go to when we're looking in, in July at our fixture list, but boy, we're not expecting to get anything. And it's too easy, you know, much like Arsenal, the contrast between Highbury and Emirates, it's too easy to go to United and get a result. So I think, you know, when you put in performances like this, slaughter teams, it does what you can to, to get back. Of course, you know, it's Ben Yarak, he had a tough game, man. I swear he scored an own goal, conceded a penalty, got sent off, you know. He, he was on my bench in FPL, minus seven, good thing is it doesn't count. Or, you know, if there was even someone who captained him, so there's an L there. Um... It went from bad to worse, you know, VAR even denied Shea Adams, I mean, come on, like, come on, he is offside, but come on, either way, it is what it is, you know, it's all good, it's, it's all great for United, you know, Martial ain't been bagging in terms of being too prolific this season, he got a couple off the bench, Cavani obviously got a goal, isn't that his first at, first at Old Trafford, um, and obviously, you know, got rested, Scott McTominay jumped in in the goals, he's been, you know, I don't know his statistics, but surely isn't this is um, Scott McTominay's best goal scoring season, wasn't it? The other week he scored like two in quick quick succession. It's becoming a, a, a way of his. Obviously, Southampton were reduced to nine men, and there was numerous talking points. But we can't not speak about United. You know, Wan Bissaka should have scored against us. Arsenal. He got on the score sheet. Luke Shaw goes from strength to strength. Martial back among the goals. Bruno Fernandez, you know, involved as well. And you get, and I made him my captain in my FPL team. So I love to see that this happened. Daniel James, you know, again, not going to have too many opportunities. You'd imagine at United needs to take them when they come. So again, everybody's 15 league goals for Marcus Rashford or 15, not league goals, sorry, 15 goals, I believe, for the campaign for Rashford now. Um, so yeah, what can you say? 9-0, you know, slaughtered them. That's a Manchester United performance sort of thing. 
Obviously, you can't win 9-0 every week, but the way they were playing, that's what you probably want to see them play every week. And again, crucially for me, as an outsider looking in, you don't know what goal difference can do for you, so that could help um, and things like that. In relation to Cavani, like I said, when you look at his his first five away goal, I mean, first five goals for Manchester United, four of them have come away from home, and this is first at home. I'm sure he's been waiting a long time for that. Bruno Fernandes has now assisted 15 Premier League goals, people, since making his debut for Manchester United. No other player has more. You can say what you want about Bruno Fernandes. You can't deny that he's a lovely footballer. And the fact that this man joined in January, it, you know, I, I, I can't praise Bruno Fernandes enough, boy, because obviously there's a certain ex Manchester United Portuguese man who, who done a lot at that club and went off to do better things. I don't quite think he's going to be of that ilk. But he can do what he wants to be. To, he can do what he can to kind of be mentioned in Manchester United folklore in his own little way. When you look at the five Portuguese players who have scored twenty plus Premier League goals, people: Cristiano Ronaldo has eighty four, Luis Belmonte has twenty nine, Nani had twenty six, um, Diego Jota has twenty one. That's quite good. And then you look at it: Bruno Fernandes, twenty people. Yeah, some are penalties and all these things, but you can't take away from that. You know, that's fantastic. And you, I don't think, you know, I don't think he's getting man. I don't think he's getting Cristiano Ronaldo. But, you know, I back him to do that before the end of the season, really. Or, or if he doesn't, late into the first couple of weeks of next season, he'll be second. You know, he could easily get 29. Obviously, he probably needs to get nine more goals this season. That might be punching. I don't know. But you'd imagine this time next year, he ha he's second on that list. And the race, the, the rate he's going at, he could make a good push at Cristiano Ronaldo. But I don't... 84 goals, people. Come on now. Like, you know, that's a mad thing from Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, shout out Nani as well. I didn't think... You know, not Nani. Apologies. Diego Jota. I didn't think he was up there, man. You know, I don't know if Pedro Neto develops he and he stays in the Prem for a long time. I, I think he can get among that as well. He's a bad boy footballer and played good against us. Moving away from that, though, kind of keeping up the theme with Manchester United. You know, Manchester United won. If you're a Man United fan, maybe it was infectious. Maybe it was always in the air because David Moyes, statistically, who's managing the best club in London right now, West Ham are ahead of everybody. They defeated Aston Villa three goals to one. Now, that's annoying for me because Aston Villa are going to be hell-bent on revenge come Saturday against Arsenal. But... You know, what can you say? You've got to give David Moyes' plaudits, you know. Again, nobody thinks David Moyes is the Scottish Pep Guardiola and things, but what you have to give him is his props. You know, he's been in the Prem for a while. He's one of those men, nobody really wants him at their club. He's a bit of, you know, people look at him as a bit of a joke, someone that's not really innovative, which isn't fair, I believe. But you look at what he's doing at West Ham now. You know, again, it's all about if they can continue this, but they're performing well, they're winning good consistently, they're doing well in big games. That They've beat Aston Villa three goals to one, you know. I'm sure there weren't too many bets on that. You know, Ling uh, Martinez could have done way better for the two goals, I believe, for two of those goals. Definitely the last one, I believe, was Lingard's second. Um, um, could have done a lot better. You know, Villa... What can you say? You know, stupid mistakes. You know, Martinez could have done better. Defences are switching off. Mings had a bit of a so-so game. He did clear an effort off the line. But it is what it is. You know, Suchek, I don't know what it is with him, but he seems to love scoring goals. You know, Lingard's going to take the headlines because obviously he got, among the, he got among the goals twice. And it's nice for him, first and foremost, to be at a club where you can play consistently because you're not getting a look in, in the plans. And I'd say because he's a young man, he's a man that's gone through a lot off the field. It's, all, it's, it's well known that he's had to look after family members and stuff like that. He's had to deal with a lot mentally. So it's nice to see that, you know, he's able to have a sort of 
good moments, scoring and things like that. So West Ham go marching on. When you look at Jesse Lingard in the Premier League, people, 2019-20, in 22 appearances, he got one goal. He's made one appearance in the Premier League this year. And he's got two, so goals are like buses. Since making his debut, Thomas Suchek has scored more non-penalty Premier League goals than any other midfielder in the competition, people. Um, he moved ahead of Bruno Fernandes on 10, people. And again, you have to respect Suchek for that. When you further dig deep into Jesse Lingard's... Um, Jesse Lingard's numbers, he had a 91% pass accuracy, 65 passes, 34 touches in the up box, 6 shots, 4 duels won, um, you know, 2 chances created, 2 goals, people, he done quite well. Sorry, people, to go back to Manchester United briefly as well, you know, Marcus Rashford has now scored more goals for Manchester United than Eric Cantona, so, again... You know, got a long way to go before you're probably mentioned in the same ilk as Eric Cantona, but you're moving in the right direction, Rashford. But yeah, Man United, Manchester United beat Southampton 9-0. Um, West Ham defeated Aston Villa 3 goals to 1. We've already spoken about Chelsea defeating Spurs a goal to nil. Moving away from that though, folks, sadly, Arsenal lost 2 goals to 1 against Wolves. Now... We're going to talk briefly about the incidences, but looking at it on the face of it, it's disappointing because whatever way I shape it, and this is a dim view on it, you know, more red cards. And fundamentally, we failed to hold on to a lead from a winning position. That's the thick of it. That's the, that's that's it really and truly, you know. Obviously, away from that, I feel hard done by, you know. There's a saying in life, winners take accountability and, and losers blame. Um, the, I do think Arsenal, the only things we can take accountability is of, we made a fantastic start in that game. Should We should we could and should have put that game to bed within the first 10-20. We should have been 3-4, maybe more up, you know, and then this incident that, you know, spiralled the offence, it could have been a consolation strike. Um, it was probably, it's up there. I, I prefer the Chelsea game because we, I think we, you know, we scored goals and we went into the lead at half time and all those sort of things. But it's probably up there with Arsenal's, you know, I wouldn't say top, but in terms of 45 minutes, it's probably Arsenal's best up there or has a case to be Arsenal's best 45 minutes of a game this season. Um, I don't think it is because 30 minutes before, 30 seconds, sorry, before half time, you saw what happened. Obviously, if the game was played for 45 minutes, we've won. I'm not going to harp on about VAR and the referee and things. I've I've spoke about it on length on YouTube in many different aspects. So just head over there. We know it, innit, Arsenal? You know, we, you know, it's reflected in the amount of yellow cards we get. It's reflected in everything, people, these decisions. And I think the club really has to start taking a hard stance with the officials and really pressing them because it's getting a bit ridiculous. It's Craig Pawson one week, it's Mike Dean the other week. It's ridiculous, people. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um... For, for for what it said, you know, I do, there were some positives, you know, Pepe obviously scored a terrific game, goal, sorry, and he had a good game. And what I like about Pepe, his general, play, you know, he's, he's, the goals are great, the confidence is great. But from minute zero to 90, I'm consistently seeing you, you in the game versus random individual little highlight sort of moments. So he was good. Obviously, Saka should have scored and VAR denied him one. But he showed what happens when he misses. I think Partey and, and Xhaka could have done better for the goal as well as holding. And obviously Louise. But I think they did well, particularly Partey. Because, you know, his passing was off in the previous game. And it was there. You know, I think you, I think there were some good incidences in that game, really and truly. Cedric was all right as well. Um, but, you know, 
It is what it is. Leno, brainless decision to put it rightly. Don't know what the hell he's doing. Um, for the you know, for me, it's not a red card, and I, maybe David Luiz's reputation has gone against him. I can take it being a pen, a soft pen. You know, David Luiz isn't looking to make contact. Neither is Jose looking to dive. It's an accidental thing. I can take that being a pen. I think it's soft, but I can take that being a pen. I don't get the red card though. I don't. You know, I understand it with there's you know, even though referees who have ref the game and currently refing have come out and said it shouldn't be a ref, there's a lot of people who think they know the game and all this stuff. It's the letter of the law, it's the letter of the law, it might be, but don't act like you was there when they made it. Um, you know, it, and then you're seeing this this same letter of the law is saying, you know, if you make a if you make an attempt at the ball, it's a yellow. So would David Louise better off just absolutely slicing him, taking Jose out, still being a pen but getting a yellow, versus, you know, an accidental trip. It doesn't make sense and it's sad because fundamentally it's another red card for Arsenal and it's another red card attached to the name of David Luiz. It's an accidental one but it's another one and maybe this shows you certain individuals will always do certain things. Um, like as good as Leno is, Leno always likes to get that rush of blood and rush off his line. This is the risk you take um, fundamentally, you know, and obviously they got themselves fundamentally for me. I'm not even focused on the red card, you know, because David Luiz is reacting. It's reactionary defending, it, you know, there's 30 seconds odd to go before half time at 1-0 at this point Leno's kicked it long rightly so there's no need to play out from the back David Luiz is trying to win a header that he's, he shouldn't even be in that position he doesn't and then why has he made that accidental trip because he's reacting to get back and get back in position and try and stop it after William Jose made the run I did think Partey and Xhaka could have assessed that situation better holding the same um, but I think it's fundamentally David Luiz and that's my only thing I can the red card I think he's hard done by it, but if you stay in position this ain't a thing prevention's better than cure if he made a fantastic last ditch tackle everybody would be applauding it no one would be talking about how he weren't out how he was out of position so that's the only way i look at it for arteta you know whatever way we look at it people arsenal have had nine red cards since Mikel arteta's took charge i don't think he's his fault i don't think he can account for certain things stupid mistakes obviously i don't think he can account for things like david louise where it was harsh but these incidents where he gets sent off neither do i think he can account for when Xhaka and pepe have rushes of blood but there's got to be something in it and that's something to address because nine times out of ten you get a man sent off you're not really going to walk away with... Three. Out of nine games, you're definitely not going to walk away with three points. You know, there might be one you're reduced to nine, ten men or nine in our in our case, people. Ironically, we had nine men on against Wolves and, and nine people sent off. You're not going to win the game too many times. You know, you might get a draw against Leeds or you might be subjected to defeat. And when you look at it, people, Arsenal once again have had nine Premier League red cards, people. You know, three team. you know, nine teams have had three. We've had nine. So there's something to be said in terms of indiscipline within our club or how we're playing. Thomas Partey, based on the first half, people had the most passes, most passes into the final third as well. Six passes into the final third, 29 passes into the oppositions. And like I said, we was onto them. Partey was playing some lovely balls to Saka. Saka had the beating of Max Kilman throughout that and then it changed people. And they had the bit between their teeth after scoring and getting themselves back in the game and clocking were down to 10 men. Second half, obviously fantastic strike from Jean Matinho. I think he could have been closed down better, but they've got the bit between their teeth and really, you know, the only saving grace I'd say is Pedro Neto was decent, but I think Bellerin was given as good as he got. I think Adama was struggling against Cedric, I'm not going to lie. The only time he looked decent is when Pepe came off and we're down to nine men and we're just reacting. Um, I don't really think, um, in relation to the subs, I don't think Arteta could have done much. Maybe could have left Lacazette on because of the work rate, because he gave us an out ball um, and, and things like that. Um, 
Didn't really understand the Aubameyang one. Again, he gives us a bit of pace. But beyond us being our captain and a good player, I didn't really get that, um, really. I think Pepe could have stayed on. I think Bellerin could have been the sub. Move Saka to left left back. Um, put Cedric over to the right-hand side. And then that frees up a position. I would have, you know, you could have went with... I think you should have looked to have brought on Martinelli or Lacazette because of the work rate, especially being at 10 and 9 men down. Obviously, it's sad for Pepe because it's another game. You know, there's there's positive talking points that aren't going to be spoken about now. Saka, Partey, Pepe doing well. Pepe having a great game on the left-hand side again. You know, absolutely. It was lovely from him. You know, the nutmeg, you know, winning the ball back, the nutmeg and finishing. It was great. And he's now scored in three consecutive Premier League away games, people. Bagging against Everton, scoring against Southampton and obviously scoring against Wolves, people. So maybe he's starting to prove his worth. I don't think he's going to justify that seven. 2 million price tag but at the very least you can make it a non-thing if you play well nobody talks about it it's as simple as that uh, David Luiz has received three straight red cards in the Premier League since joining Arsenal no other player has received more than one in that time so while I think David Luiz was hard done by this tells you regardless of going through the form certain players you can't really count on and I know a lot of Arsenal fans were talking about a new deal this is why you can't because you've got too many play we've got too many players collectively in our squad like this that are playing well for one game the next game they're shaking and even when we go through runs of form because let's get let's not get it twisted against Wolves was our first defeat in eight games in the league you still don't know what you're getting because really you know David Luiz was all right until that stupid moment you know again it's not a red card but he's out of position and switching off against um in our game against Wolves you know Colossus against Manchester United shaky to put it nicely against Southampton so again the last three games have been inconsistent so I really want to see Gabriel who I assume comes back into the team take his chance and make that happen um, and it is what it is in that regards people Brighton moving on Brighton defeated Liverpool goal to nil and it's not quite turning out to be the title defence for Liverpool you know they've had injuries they've had a lot of things but they're just simply not scoring there's something missing you know Firmino weren't really doing much Salah running into blind alleys you know, Thiago, so-so. It just looks like they're really in a bad way, really and truly, by their own standards. You know, big up to Brighton. I think you've got to give credit to Pascal Gross. I think Adam Webster was colossal in that game. I think Dan Byrne put in a shift in that game. All of them did, but I think I've got to hail up them man there. And, you know, this is two good results because, what, they've beat Brighton and Brighton have beaten Liverpool and Spurs. You know, it's making Arsenal look better for that too, for that victory over Brighton at their place. We played them at the right time. Like I said, it's going from bad to worse for Liverpool. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, and you look at the last four games from Brighton, they're finding form people. They're now 10 points clear of the relegation zone. They've got one draw, three wins, four clean sheets from their last four games. Um and Graham Potter's firmly re-enhancing his, his his reputation. You see, in bad moments, you're not a bad manager. In good moments, you're not as good as you think you are. And that's... What I'd say for Graham Potter, he's a great manager, you know, he, he's a good tactician, he knows how to get the best out of his team and when his team weren't in form, they weren't as bad as people were making out people. You know, when you look at it, the last four managers to win a Premier League game at Anfield have been Paul Clement of Swansea, Sam Allardyce of Palace, Sean Dykes of Burnley and Graham Potter of Brighton people. So that's the last four people to win at the Emirates, I mean at, at Anfield have been British managers, people. Pascal Gross created more chances than any other player in the first half against Liverpool. Um, neither Mo Salah, neither Firmino created a chance or had a shot on target against Brighton. And, I, and you know, this is why they need other options. I think Liverpool have been found out to a degree. You know, you know the fullbacks are going to be putting in crosses and they're the creators. You know they've got players with them. You know what they're on in midfield. You know that they've got injuries, so that goes against them. 
And and I think Liverpool, you know, they've been you've been able to crowd crowd them out. They might have a couple of opportunities, but this is why you need to freshen up the team. This is why you need a proper number nine to replace Firmino or be used with Firmino and shake up that front three. You know, they tried to get Werner once upon a time, so he clearly knows that they tried to get Fakir. The team, you know, Liverpool's team needs evolution. It's been together the bulk of it for at a push. Some of them three years, max five years. You need to develop and. I don't know. I have to question the ambition of the owners of Liverpool because, again, they could have. The hardest thing to do is retain the, the the title. Was that squad good enough to retain the title? I don't necessarily think so. Away from the obvious quality players, um, and for a while they's needed to build on a couple, and maybe they've been punching. So it's happened, you know. And there's not real much quality at Liverpool, as you lot have seen highlighted in the recent weeks. Beyond that starting eleven, there's a real drop-off. Of course, there's some decent players, but you can't go from that front three to relying on a Riggy to score. Yeah, you could talk about he scored in the champs and stuff, but there's a reason he doesn't play consistently. There's too much of a significant drop-off, people. And Liverpool's case is made tougher because, what, you know, you've got to give Kabach and that other lad who come in from Preston a, a bit of time to adapt. Um, obviously, Matip... It not Joel Matip out for a significant period of time now, people? I could be wrong. In fact, let me type that in. I'm sure I saw that come across. I don't think he's quite going to miss the season. Oh, so yeah, people. Yeah, Joel Matip, 29-year-old, expected to miss the rest of the season. I knew I, I knew that there was something in that. So it's bad to worse. You ain't got Matip. You know, Gomez is working his way back. Van Dijk is, you know, a long-term absentee. You know, Reese Williams, Phillips, it's been mixed success. Kabach, I think he's a decent centre-half, but he is young and naive and to a degree rash, and that is going to be highlighted. So they're probably better off keeping Fabinho and, Mil and Henderson there, to be fair with you. Um, it is what it is. Now, Everton, where one Merseyside team lost another one. Everton got back to winning ways, did what they needed to do, people. Another game, another win. 2-1 victory against Leeds. Um, Calvert, Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, has bettered his goal-scoring ratio. I know he's not been amongst the goals recently and he came out of my FPL team for that. But he's now got 16 goals from 23 games this season. When you compare that to last season, 15 goals from 41 you know, quite the turnaround and, you know, maybe he was due a little break really, you know, because again, if I'm him, you need to get 20 league goals. That would be the first time I've seen you doing the Prem, so it's probably the first time you've done it. And as a striker, that must be like losing your V really and truly, you know, that's um, the first time I got 20 league goals. You ain't going to remember, forget your first time. And then the challenge is to do that again, you know, and obviously you should be able to get past that. You know, how many games are left? You should be looking to get five to 10 goals um, in the Premier League people between now and then. Especially if you want to go to the Euros. But it is what it is, man. I did think Calvert-Lewin missed a couple of chances to add to that as well, people. But Sigurdsson got them off to a great start. Lovely ball in from Dijane. Um, ben Godfrey had a great game as well. But lovely ball in from Sigurdsson, people. Um, Ali, um, to get them started. Um, I have to, before I forget, Alioski, what a strike was that? What was what a strike that was from him to hit the post, people. Um, um, Olsen in goal made a big save to deny free kick. And I don't know if Pickford was injured or on the bench, but I'm sure in the game, prior apologies people the game prior for Everton Pickford had a bit of a shocker so maybe he was just dropped people there was a bit of a late scare from Leeds but they managed to hold on you know Everton managed to hold on 2-1 and like I said man you know Sigurdsson's among the goals Dijane gets an assist you know Ben Godfrey had a very good game in my opinion you know Lucas Dijane has, has more assist than any other defender in the Premier League this season he's only played 12 times he was injured and he's got six um Everton have won four consecutive top flight away games for the first time since December 1985. So the first time in my lifetime, Carlo Ancelotti on the groundbreaking thing. Now, 
The one team I believe is head and shoulders above everybody within this league, people, has to be Manchester City at the moment. They defeated Burnley two goals to nil. Sterling got on the score sheet. Gab Jesus also after an error from Nick Pope. You know, just the two goals this time from, from City. Bit of a gradual performance, but it was it is what it is, you know. Gundogan said, oh, you know what, I'm not going to score anymore. I'm going to get assists, but... It's boring talking about City in a good way, you know, complete performance from everybody. They did their job and they go marching on people, you know. Like I said, Gundogan had a great game, you know. Edison, they're all keeping clean sheets. He's kept more Premier League clean sheets than he has conceded goals, people. He's conceded 12 and he's got 13 clean sheets. 50% of those Premier League goals Edison has conceded, in fact, people, were scored in his first two games. So it tells you not only how good Edison is, but how much City have improved defensively. Um, people they've got what they're the first team to win 13 consecutive games since Arsenal did it in 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 2002 10 clean sheets three goals conceded 33 goals scored people it's a Mazzolini you know Leicester defeated Fulham two goals to nil three points clean sheet assist for James Madison you know Kelechi and actual getting among the goals and my guy James Justin who's been working very hard this season deserves to be among the goals and did exactly that as well having a good season probably unfortunate that there's just so many fullback options on the left and the right hand side but you have to imagine it's not before too long that you know James Justin gets a look in um for England you can't dis you know if it's all on merit he deserves it he's been consistent he's been consistently playing well people when you look at it um like I said Madison got two assists and his second one was lovely um this was the first time Madison has provided multiple assists in a Premier League game so Madison's he lost he's been through form this season lost his form and gone through form again you'd say he's hitting it at the right time really and truly um so it is well it is big up him um, in relation to Crystal Palace versus Newcastle, Crystal Palace won 2-1. Newcastle, obviously, people, they thought it was going to be a madness. Shelby scored a lovely strike before, you know. Eze got an assist for um, Reed Wild, who also made it, who also scored a banger. Um, obviously, Gary Cahill scored a header. You even had um, Townsend missing from five yards. And a shambles miss, a poor miss from a poor footballer. Don't know how Townsend is a Premier League footballer. I can't lie to you. Big up Townsend because he's a cool guy, though. Um, so, yeah, people, it is what it is in that. Crystal Palace have done what they've needed to do. You know, Eze has created all three of Crystal Palace's chances um, in, in the first half against Newcastle. And he obviously got an assist, people. John Joe Shelby scored his first Premier League goal since um, July against West Ham. It's his third goal from outside the box since the start of last season. Um, you obviously saw new um, West Bromwich Albion apologies lose 2-1 to Sheffield United. And Manfredu had a very good game. Billy Sharp, you know. If there's anyone more Sheffield than Chris Wilder, it's surely Billy Sharp's got to be among that. And yeah, 2-1 victory over West Brom. Every three points is well-deserved for them, people. Moving away from, from that, people, and obviously that's the that's the week the week's fixtures to come. Um, That's gone. Let's preview the action to come. Arsenal have a tough game against Aston Villa, who, like Wolves, I'm sure they want to put back-to-back -back victories in against us. Burnley play Brighton, Newcastle welcome Southampton who just lost 9-0 and are going to have to react. Fulham welcome an informed West Ham, David Moyes would probably want to win that, you know. You've got Manchester United against Everton, that's going to be a good game. Sunday, 
Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur at home to West Bromwich Albion. I expect them to hit back. Wolves will be welcome. Less welcoming Leicester. So that's a bit of a Midlands derby. Big game. You've got Liverpool versus Man City. You've got Sheffield United um, at home to Chelsea. You've got Leeds against Crystal Palace on the Monday to wrap it up. So that so people make sure make a mental note. You know, to, you know, you know me. I'll give you two podcasts a week. Um, Friday today because there's a game on on Monday. The next deluded podcast will be on Tuesday, so make a mental note of that, people. So that's the games to come. In terms of other news, there isn't too much, people. Apparently, the Premier League could have six clubs, people, six champ, six clubs in the Champions League. A Premier League clubs yesterday discussed new UEFA proposals, which could lead to six teams playing in the Premier League. So it could really be the top six. And this could have a positive effect for everybody because like Arsenal, obviously, if the top six get Champions League places, what happens to the Europa? You'd imagine that the, there's two, at least two places that would go to seventh and eighth respectively. And Arsenal last season, we finished eighth and we had to rely on the FA Cup. Let's say we finished eighth this year where we can't, can get into Europe for that. So, Obviously, I don't want Arsenal to focus on Europe, Europa League, but you get the point. This could have benefits for everybody. You know, six teams, you know, it's no longer a top four. It's still competitive, but it helps people out a lot. Um, and this a major reason of this is because UEFA plans to expand the current Champions League format for 24-25 campaign, which would increase the number of qualifying teams from 32 to 26. What? From 32 to 26. Uh, okay, that's what the Athletic said. That, that sounds a bit fishy there. But, oh, well, apparently this could see six teams, six English teams qualifying with clubs finishing outside the Premier League's top four, possibly gaining entry to a group stage based on the UEFA coefficient. So, again, it's not based on merit. It's based on how many times you're fouling people and all those sort of things. Away from that and keeping up the theme with Champions League people, apparently Liverpool will not be able to travel to Germany for their first Champions League last 16 tie against RB Leipzig on the 16th for February as you lot know Germany has banned most travellers from countries including the UK hit by new strains of the COVID-19 people um, so yeah man um, apparently Liverpool are being kept in form of developments and there's discussions taking place about a solution so similar to Arsenal potentially in our Europa League game against in Benfica there's an aspect of maybe potentially playing this in a neutral venue so it will, it will have to be. There's no point. It has to be sort of thing. There was even talk about no two-legged ties, just first legs and stuff like that. I don't know that to be true, people. It is what it is in that regard. So, yeah, there isn't really too much to talk about in relation to Arsenal or any other club. You know, we know we've had the transfer, the transfer window been and gone, you know. Probably not too many shockers. Probably Deli Ali didn't secure a move away. Didn't uh, didn't picture Maitland now is going on loan to West Bromwich Albion. Joel Woolock in our case has gone to Newcastle to get some game time. So there isn't really much to speak about really and truly, you know, unless you want me to sit here and again talk about racial abuse from social media companies who should do better to guard against individuals doing that to another party. But there isn't anything more to talk about, people. So yeah, man. I'll be back on Tuesday. Hope you've enjoyed the 37 odd minutes we've been here for. I've enjoyed it. As I said previously, this is one of my favourite bits of content to do with you guys. So, yeah. 
please make sure you're checking out my previous episodes if you haven't. You know, make sure you're following me on Twitch, Deludaguna187, Deludaguna04 on everything from Twitter to Instagram. Deludaguna on YouTube, people. All links are in the descriptions. If you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify and the rest of it, if there's any way of following following my profile or hitting the like button, try and drive up engagements and analytics, please make sure you do that. It doesn't cost a thing. Obviously, at this moment in time, no clue when you'll actually be listening to this, but I probably would have went live on YouTube. I'm going to be live on YouTube today, Friday at 12 p.m. So if you're one of the hardcore deluded supporters and you've taken this in by the time it's come out, you know the grind don't stop the content don't stop so i appreciate you guys thank you very much for listening i hope you've all had a great week and i hope you all have a solid weekend i hope your teams will give you positive results unless you support any of arsenal's rivals and i hope arsenal of course get back to winning ways it's been lovely people but i'm gonna have to love and leave you people deluded i'm out